0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 927 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Carrie. She's the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes who is using Omnipod 5, and we're going to talk all about it. While you're listening... Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Are you looking for super comfy sheets, joggers, and towels? Check out CozyEarth.com and use the offer code Juice Box at checkout to save 35% off your entire order. If you want to take the same green drink that I do every morning, AG1 from Athletic Greens, use my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. You will get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D with your first order. And don't forget, if you're looking for those diabetes pro tip episodes, they begin at episode 210 in your podcast player. If you're having trouble finding them, check out juiceboxpodcast.com or the featured tab in the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast type 1 diabetes. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, GVOKE Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice The podcast is sponsored today by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and is 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. BetterHelp.com forward slash juice box. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. And when you use my link, you'll save 10% on your first month of therapy.
1: My name is Carrie. I'm the mother of a six-year-old type one boy named Danny. All
0: right. Danny is six. How long is he had type one?
1: Uh, we just had our one year on October 23rd. Diagnosed when he was five? He was diagnosed when he was five. All
0: right. And what I, what I will do here to try to get around my poor pronunciation is I write down the word Carrie with a Y, like carry the weight.
1: As opposed to Carrie Fisher, or
0: no, yes. as opposed to like my my, I might hit the R too hard and say Carrie, if I'm not careful. You just, I just listen. My brain doesn't work around words that well, so it's this, all good. This is what I have to do. Are you pressuring me already, Carrie? <laughs> I don't, I don't need this. It's Friday, you know. Um, okay, so tell me a little bit about Danny's diagnosis. He's a year ago. Do you have any other? uh type one in your family autoimmune was there any reason to think this was going to happen
1: um immune stuff on my husband's side not with my husband
0: carrie i'm so sorry Um, there was uh, i thought there was a pregnant pause but you were just gone for a second so can you start over
1: (laughs) sure um so no diabetes in our family uh my husband's side has some non-type one autoimmune stuff. Uh Hashimoto's Celiacs, lupus, but nothing. I mean, this was not on our radar, like not even a little bit.
0: All right. So this is your husband's fault. I got that. All my husband's fault. Yeah. What else does he do wrong?
1: Well, <laughs> we're gonna have to do a whole nother hour on that scott. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. Well, let's not let's pin the poor guy down now. Um so this is not something you're not sitting around thinking like, oh, everybody in our family gets type one. So this is definitely going to happen. So then how do you figure it out?
1: Um, So we noticed he was peeing a lot mm-hmm. um, and we noticed it mostly at night. We both work full time. He's at school all day. We didn't have a lot of observational touch points during the day, but at night it was just... He was soaking through the bed kind of multiple times a night. But he was he was otherwise totally normal, fine, healthy. Um, because it was the end of October, you know, we know people on Facebook and such that have type one in their families, and they were raising money for JDRF, which the walk in our area happens at the at the end of October. Yeah. And I had donated and sort of the social media algorithms we putting diabetes stuff on my phone as I was like scrolling through. Um, and about five days after we noticed he was peeing a lot, I t- texted my husband and I was like, you don't think he's diabetic or something, do you?
0: Because Facebook does.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Because I've now diagnosed him. Right, right. Um, and my husband texted back and he's like, I don't know, is, is peeing a diabetic thing? And I was like, well, apparently. Um, and it kind of got, we net once we focused on it we got increasingly more concerned mm-hmm. and the next day i reached out to one of these acquaintances that has a has a son with type 1 and asked her
0: if she would test his blood sugar oh, wow that's how you figured it out so the algor- the facebook algorithm finally did something right
1: correct yeah
0: it just kept so so seriously like the the idea of diabetes just kind of get kept being foisted on you by an algorithm and did that that really made you think about it
1: Yeah, I mean, it was late at night, he was in the other room changing Danny's sheets and getting him back to bed for like, you know, what felt like the millionth time that week. And also, I should say, I mean, we have, we have three little boys. So there's lots of reasons that, you know, one of my kids could be peeing a lot or peeing a lot at night. I mean, the weather was changing, it was getting colder, you know, you sort of rationalize it a 100 different ways.
0: Um, You know how people pee the bed when it's cold out. (laughs) <laughs> well little boys do. <laughs> do do they really yeah oh, okay. it's like a
1: thing <laughs> they just,
0: do you, you like, just, like, like
1: when that like, like when the air conditioning is on like there's definitely an uptick in our house and like nighttime accidents for sure
0: i'm gonna say that's because those kids don't want to get out of bed and get cold <laughs> the bathroom, though. and they're just like, um you know it'd be easier i'll just pee right here oh yeah <laughs> oh um, my gosh. Okay. yeah so, so
1: so we we suspected it honestly I thought it was going to be a like finger prick, rule it out. Mm -hmm. I didn't seriously think he had diabetes. Um, They, you know, our friend tested him on their They they have a contour. Uh, They tested him and they saw the reading as high, which of course I didn't know what that meant. And they just looked at me and they said, you need to go to the emergency room tonight.
0: Okay.
1: Um, And I said, well, you know, our doctor's open on Sunday. Let's just wait. You know, I'm sure it's okay. He seems fine. And they were like, no, no, now. Like, leave your other children and and go.
0: <laughs> Abandon the other kids. Right? That's how serious this is. <laughs> just go. Did, did they explain DKA to you?
1: So she did not explain DKA to me. She said to me, when you get to the emergency room, tell them you think he's in DKA and you will cut the line.
0: Okay. And that works. Well, wow, finally. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. the the worst way to get in the front of a line you don't want to be in Uh, right can i ask for a second have you and your friend ever gone back over that moment was it hard for them to tell you that
1: um we we haven't talked about it i mean at, at the time she was you know the mother of another kid in the class of one of my other kids she we didn't know each other well. We've become obviously much closer over the years. She's given us, you know, some some wonderful advice and things like that. Mm-hmm. But we we haven't really talked about it other than just sort of how crazy the world works sometimes, right? That, yeah. you know, she she had been posting, I donated, we we connected, like I thought to call her. It all just sort of, you know, the universe does funny things sometimes. So
0: sucks doesn't it being an adult it's all i could think when you were talking about texting with your husband. It's like none of us are like 20 years old at a concert and thinking like you know what will probably happen one day i'll probably be texting a man i haven't met yet who will be in the other room of my house telling him how one of our children probably has diabetes like right. it just it sucks it really does yeah, yeah.
1: yes being an adult sucks mm-hmm. being an adult with a kid who has type 1 has sucked more than i thought being an adult could be <laughs>
0: Well, I agree. So, <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. Okay, so you get to the hospital. Do you cut the line?
1: Uh, we, we, we went in pretty quickly. Um, you know, my son at that point was... Uh, absolutely hysterical. I mean, from his perspective, he was basically pulled off a little league field and someone stuck a needle in his finger. And now we're at the hospital and he was screaming his head off, screaming at the nurses. You're not going to take my blood. You're not taking my blood. And the nurse looked at me. She's like, you know, we're going to take his blood, right? I was like, I know it's okay.
0: Vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: And so they, they finger pricked him in the ER and it was like 6.63 or something like that. And oh. right then we were, you know, moved into the back room and, and kind of off to the races with a diagnosis.
0: What position does he play?
1: Uh, he's six.
0: Oh, he, they just <laughs> show him out on the field.
1: <laughs> right. They're like right side or left side, close or far.
0: Do you want to run far this time, this inning, buddy? <laughs> or do you want to run a little bit? I'll run right. a little I bit. think
1: yeah. I, I think they have like pitcher's helper is the position that everyone wants to be. Oh, because st-
0: stand next to the coach it,
1: and yeah exactly
0: that's what kids want to do they want to be the pitcher's helper
1: well because that's like the kids can't really hit the ball so oh, straight that's up the, the middle is kind of
0: ball goes yeah uh so your kids suck i my kids were great when they were saying no i'm just kidding <laughs> So like, what exactly, can I tell you? <laughs> no, that's exactly what happens too. It's like the one. I mean, it was t
1: ball. Like yeah. they weren't even. There wasn't even any velocity on the pitch to. Yeah.
0: Help them. I understand. So. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, that's the at that age. That's the only position where you get to field a ball. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty. And then everybody else just stands out there going, "This is it, huh?" <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Baseball really fun, really exciting.
0: <laughs> I watched. I, I'll never. I. I don't think I'll ever forget. I don't know the kid, and I. And I have no idea what his name is, or you know where he is now, but around that like eight year old time was the time when they would give the young kids one nighttime game at our little league field so that they could come at night and play under the lights and everything. And, and it brought out, you know, it's the middle of summer and it, and it brought out these weird moths. I don't know. Like they were just big and weird and one landed in right field and the kid just walked over to it and he squatted down. I mean, the game is happening. You understand, you know, it's it's not like in between a batter or anything, he squats down, he's poking at it, he picks it up, he's got it on his hand, he's got it up in his hand, now he's examining it in his <laughs> face. And I'm like, I don't like this kid is uh, long for baseball. You, you know, and um, sure enough, he was not. He, he he left pretty quickly after that. But I mean, that was, that, that kind of encapsulates what happens when the ball can't go past the pitcher's mound. Everybody else is just in a coma. So it's fun when they get bigger. Do you think he'll keep playing?
1: Uh, He's Pretty all-in on soccer.
0: Oh, Love soccer.
1: <laughs> He's good at soccer. I'm not sure he has the attention span for baseball, but but we'll see. You never know. Well, He's cool. only six. I don't have to plan his, his professional sports career just yet, thankfully. I,
0: I am going to, carry give you one great piece of advice. Okay. Okay. Then we'll move past this. This is for everyone listening. It's the best piece of advice you're ever going to get about sports and kids. Hope that your children are good enough to play and have fun but not good enough to dream about more. I'm telling you, that's the best advice you're ever going to get. Right there. I I like that. Yes, because none of your kids are going to end up being 6'6", 240 pounds and stay athletic. Like That's a random thing that happens to a random person. And you can be really good at something and... And still not fit the mold. And it's a lot of time and effort to put into something. So, anyway, that's my best advice. It was given to me by a friend of mine whose son was pitching at a D1 school. And he said, "Um, My biggest regret was that he was this good. And he's like, I wish he was just a little less than this. He's like, Cause he would have, he would have played in high school. He would have went to some nice little college. He would have played baseball. He would have graduated. He would have known it was over. And that was it. Instead, here he is, you know, 21 years old, can throw 94 miles an hour, and nobody cares. Right. Yeah. So um, anyway, there's my advice. And it'll bum you all the hell out. But it'll save you a ton of money. If you listen to me right now, get the kid a chess lesson, you know, and, a, and a, I don't know, like a, some home weights. That's it. <laughs> That's your sport. Go do something else with your time. Plus, I have a, a permanent farmer's tan. Which I I don't think I'm ever going to get rid of. And from being out watching your yeah, son play. Right. Plus, it's the only thing I can imagine. Like Carrie, I um somebody asked me recently what I wanted to do in retirement, which was off putting because I'm 50, but I still, you know, we're trying to financially plan. So I'm like, okay. And all I could think was watch Cole play baseball. That's awesome. I couldn't think of anything else. Like, what else do you want to – what do you want to do in your retirement? And it I just popped right into my head. I'm like, oh, I want to watch Cole play baseball. And then I was like – and the guy's like, do you want to travel? And I'm like, um, I don't know. Like, will Cole be there, be there playing baseball when <laughs> right, I get there? Right,
1: stadium to stadium yeah, is yeah, like yeah. the kind of travel we're yeah, talking about.
0: Yeah, and I don't want it to be like some sad adult league where <laughs> – you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I, I want to be playing baseball. Can that happen? The guy's like – uh. I don't know, man. Do you think? I was like, all right. I was like, just save as much money as you can. We'll figure it out later. I'm sure what's going to happen is I'm going to save as much money as I can and then die. <laughs> and then just I'd give it to somebody else. That's about how I imagine this is going to go. All right. I'm sorry. Anyway, you are in the hospital. Your kid is yelling at people. How long do you yep. end up staying in the hospital? What do you leave with as far as understanding?
1: Um, okay. So he, thankfully, was not in DKA. Um, okay. We caught it sort of very early, I guess, on the, the spectrum of how these things go. Um, his A1C wasn't crazy. Um, so we we were admitted for a few days, you know, sort of whatever the the standard is. Um, one of the first pieces of advice besides tell them you think he's in D.K. to cut the line that our friend gave us was refuse to leave the hospital without a Dexcom. Um, and... I didn't even know what a Dexcom was. I like Googled it, watched the little video and told the nurse practitioner that was like assigned to deal with us that I wasn't leaving the hospital without a Dexcom. And she was like, well, I can't, I can't like, I'm not allowed to show you how to do it. And we really want people to learn the old fashioned way and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I'm not leaving without a Dexcom. Um, so we we got the Dexcom in the hospital, thankfully. And And the truth is, I like can't imagine having gone home without it.
0: How did you make that happen if they were like, we don't do it that way? Um, I tried
1: to find a hook where I could convince them that they had to do it. Um, and my son goes to a small country day school that doesn't have a school nurse. And so I basically said, I can't send him back to school without the ability to remotely monitor him constantly. Look at you. Um,
0: hmm. Very smart. that that worked they were like oh all right isn't that so funny i know she was like
1: okay well i'll write the script but i'm not going to show you how to use it i was like okay well that's even dumber than not writing the script right like okay i'm just going to give it to you and like so i watched some youtube videos and we put it on him and yeah you know
0: i mean i i don't think i'm supposed to say this about any of the products that are advertisers on the show but this stuff's not that hard to figure out right yeah so so, (laughs) you know i mean the YouTube video works great. You could call me. I could have explained it to you in three minutes. You could have called your friend. They could have. I hadn't you found
1: you yet. I found you shortly after, but you were not yet in my life.
0: So. Oh, when does that happen?
1: I think a week later, Um, a week after we got out of the hospital, you know, I was doing what they sort of tell you to do, which is call their helpline and talk to a different doctor than the one that's been dealing with you um, and talk to them about changes and stuff. And, they they lost me at post bolusing to be honest um it didn't take me that long to figure out that that it takes insulin a little while to work mm-hmm. and if you're constantly dosing at the end of meals um they that you're going to you're going to have a problem and so i asked them i said well why are we dosing him after the meals why aren't we dosing him before he eats and they're like oh well like that comes later and i was like okay you're managing me so I need to stop talking to you and do some Google searches and try to figure this out on my own. And that's what I did.
0: Yeah. So you, you felt what was happening very quickly that they were feeding, they were spoon feeding you information slowly. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, all right, I want to get to the other part now. Right. Um,
1: let's I'm, fast forward the management, you know, the managing me and let's talk about how I'm actually going to like manage my child.
0: What was the, um like an, what was a post meal spike looking like?
1: 300s before we started pre-bolusing i mean pretty significant Mm -hmm. um you know i had some concern when we started pre-bolusing he's six what if he doesn't eat all that we think he's going to eat and stuff but i got pretty comfortable that there wasn't a problem a juice box couldn't fix Mm -hmm. um and that it was worth it um and so i mean we haven't seen barring pump failures and things like sort of just sort of technology happens we haven't we haven't seen numbers like that
0: in a very long time yeah i sometimes look at the podcast as a whole and i think it's just really a message about common sense around like four ideas and i and i i wish there are days i wish i could figure out a way to just say it one time in 20 seconds and make one episode and just leave it up you know what I mean? And it, and I, I feel like I try to say it sometimes like that. I'm like, look, here's what it's about. It's about timing and amount. It's about understanding the impact of the food, like that kind of stuff. I know that you need the bigger conversations to understand it and everything. But I mean, when that's the truth, that there are really just these couple of things you have to do to manage a meal, um, and people are busy telling you to do it opposite of how it works, which leads you, it just, just I don't know, it starts you down this path of like, uh, it's like destruction. It's like, we're, mm-hmm. it's, we're never going to figure this out because you've put me on the wrong path. Right.
1: And, and yeah. it changes your expectations. Right. I mean, you, you've talked about expectations in a slightly different context, but if you, if you start to think like, okay, well, I'm seeing a spike to 300 and like the medical team is okay with that. Then you start to think that that's actually where your child should be or where you should be aiming to get your child. right? And it's not,
0: Carrie, it's not the process that's the problem. Like, I understand the the slow start and let's give you some of the information now and some of the information later. Like, all that makes sense to me. It, the problem is that during, that during that time, someone forgets to explain to you this isn't how it's always going to be. Right. And here are our expectations moving forward. For now, it's going to look like this. But in the, you know, but blah, blah, blah. Later, we're going to want it to be this way. And it's exactly what you're saying. I remember it as clear as day from an episode, like from the first year when this woman said to me, um, they gave me a range up to 200. And I kept him here, but then it started to go up. And I thought, well, okay, that's fine. It's only 130. And then it was 140. And I thought, well, that's fine. It's only 140. I mean, that's only 40 points higher than 100. And before you knew it, she was at 200, going, well, 200s only only 100 points higher than 150, or, or, or 50 points higher than 150, and I was fine at 150. And she just kept talking herself into the numbers being higher, being okay. And I thought, oh, that's how people's minds work. Like, that's how mm-hmm. people gain weight. That's how people, um, you know, do do hard drugs. Like, I'll just do a little Coke after work. And then, you know what I mean? Like, it's like that kind of thing. Like, it. it right. everyone thinks – our brains are—I don't know why—but they're wired like that, and so the process coming out of a hosp- most hospitals with diabetes is just putting you in a bad situation where eventually you're going to be like, "I'm just doing heroin; it's fine." You, you know what I mean? Like that—that right. that really is. I, I don't—I don't snort it. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, at least I'm not doing this. And in—and then the next thing you know, your kid's blood sugars are three hundred after every meal, and you're like, "Well, this is what it does. It's okay." Right. The guy said it was all right, so. All right, I hear you. All right, well, I'm glad it hit you that way. Uh, you find the podcast. I'm talking in your ear. You're blah, blah, blah. Now we're going to fast forward a little bit, like, through diabetes stuff to he gets a pump. When you have diabetes and use insulin, low blood sugar can happen when you don't expect it. Gvoke Hypopen is a ready-to-use glucagon option that can treat very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. GVOC shouldn't be used in patients with theochromocytoma or insulinoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. Hey guys, just jumping in to remind you that one of our sponsors, BetterHelp, is offering 10% off your first month of therapy when you use my link, betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. That's betterhelp.com, forward slash juicebox. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service. It is 100% online, boasts over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists, and you can talk to them however you want, text, chat, phone, or on video. You can actually message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp.com, forward slash juicebox. Save 10% on your first month. Links to all the advertisers can be found in the show notes of your podcast player at juiceboxpodcast.com or just type them into a browser. BetterHelp.com forward slash juicebox, GVOGlucagon.com forward slash juicebox. When you use my links, you are supporting the production of the podcast and keeping it free.
1: He gets a pump. So um, we switched endos pretty quickly after I found the podcast. Um, and found an endo that was sort of much more the technology's there. Let's use it, let's get it in your hands. There's no reason to, you know, quote, do it the old fashioned way for some ridiculous amount of time. Um, we had him on a pump. We started it like right before the holidays in December. So, you know, a month and a half or so after after diagnosis. Okay.
0: And and tell me which pump that was I'm sorry.
1: So we did the dash. Right. Um we you know we vacillated you know between the wonderful pump options that are out there and for my son the the tube pumps were just a you know he'd been pretty great about the whole thing given that his world was pretty shattered too and his one you know red line was that tubing i'm i'm not doing it
0: okay well so you end up on dash and you're listening to the podcast how are things going as far as Like, what are your goals and what what are you seeing as far as outcomes?
1: Um, We were doing pretty well. You know, 65%, 70% in range, Mm -hmm. in range being kind of the default. I hadn't yet figured out that that wasn't the range that I should be hoping for long term. But um, it it was taking a lot of work. I didn't think our basal was right. I was a little bit lost on what to do about that. Listened to the episode, got that nailed down. Um, and I'd say, and so we cruised along on dash until, you know, beginning of May and you know we were, we were 70, 75% in range, more highs than lows, nothing super high. Um, and, you know, once in a while we'd get a glimpse of an 85 or a 90 or a 95% in range. And those were, you know, days where I'd screenshot my my phone and like, you know, pat myself on the back. But um the nights, you know, waking up two or three times a night was pretty common. We were we were micromanaging it. Right. I was literally a full time pancreas.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um so when you hear about omnipod five, uh is that something you thought immediately about or did you take time to warm yes. up to the Oh you did. Okay.
1: No. I was I was thinking about Loop, actually, Mm -hmm. pretty early on, and then found out that the Omnipod 5 was close to approval, although there was this caveat that people had been saying that for a long time, and I I thought that was, you know, it was worth waiting a little bit to see if that came down because honestly it just seemed a lot less intimidating to me. I mean, remember too, we hadn't we hadn't been doing this that long. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt less intimidating. It felt a little more user friendly. And I'm i I'm a help desk person. Like something goes wrong on like my work computer or my work email. Like I like that I have someone to call and talk about that with. Um <laughs> and and on that basis alone almost loop didn't seem like the right fit at this time. Mm-hmm.
0: so I got you. Yeah. When when, when your email won't work, you, you don't sit around right. trying to figure out how to fix it. You're like, I'm just going to call this guy at the number. Correct. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's me. I'm a help desk yeah, person. Let her,
0: let her tell me. I'm right. not doing this. Uh, so I understand. I, I absolutely do. And so you get Omnipod 5 when? May 7th. Oh, look at you. It, you know the day. It
1: came, well, it came on Mother's Day.
0: Oh, that's an easy way to remember. Correct. Okay. So hold on. June, July, August, September, October. Oh, wow. You've had it six months. Six months. Okay. Great. Tell me all about it.
1: <laughs> um. Okay. Well, the, the important caveat here is that we got it. I mean, we were we were one of the first people, at least as best I can tell, on like Facebook who weren't in the trial to mm-hmm, get it. Mm-hmm. Our endo hadn't been trained on it. They were like, we're not going to be any help to you. Um, You got to figure we'll write it at the time. It was off label because my son wasn't six yet. We'll, we'll write the script, but like, you're completely on your own. Um, You hadn't, you hadn't done any pro tip series on this yet. So we were really like open the box, read the manual, try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And with the benefit of hindsight, I might've done our setup very differently and probably saved ourselves a lot of time and heartache. Um, But we, you know, open the box and put in our settings and, um, had a lot of struggles
0: at the beginning okay so your settings were we
1: put our settings in from dash i mean which were good settings for dash but i hadn't i hadn't appreciated i was too impulsive about the whole thing i hadn't appreciated how the algorithm was going to work i had been so jumpy about getting it and wanting to try it right away that i hadn't I hadn't thought through or reached out to resources about strategies for setting it up. I literally just dumped my settings in and hit go. And I was like, okay, great. We're all going to sleep now.
0: <laughs> it's over. Everyone, right. it's, over. it's we're, over. We're done
1: with diabetes. Yeah. I told my job I was going to come back full time. I was like, this is, the, you know, next week, maybe the week after, we'll be good. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm probably going to start running like marathons. And um, I am going to go on a diet, probably. Probably going to get shredded. You know what I mean? Like, right. To get asked I'm going to have answer.
1: all this time on my hands. Yeah. <laughs> what on earth am I going to do with myself? Do you
0: think I should knit while I'm running? <laughs> oh, this is going to be wonderful. Uh, so instead, is what? Ha- let me guess, and if I'm wrong, of course, yep. stop me. Is what you learned over time that your settings from a manual pump were a starting point, but that you were adding insulin so frequently in other places that really your settings were very weak?
1: Th- that's completely true Mm -hmm. um the other thing that we struggled with was there was no real direction on let the algorithm work let it learn don't touch it let it do its thing right and then he'd be at like 250 and climbing and i'd be sitting in the corner having an anxiety attack and being like i can't let it learn on its own i must give him insulin and You know, and then being told, "Well, you're going to screw up the algorithm when you do that," and you've done that, and so now you've like
0: set yourself back. Isn't it funny? Because it's it's the beginning, and it is a it's a different algorithm. There are people who will tell you, "Don't touch it. Don't do anything. Don't just let it figure it out." And then there are people who will say, "No, if your blood sugar is high, bolus and teach it that you need it. You need more insulin," which I believe is the is the line right from my from the nurse practitioner that yep. was on my thing right she's like if you're high bolus it'll figure it out when it sees more insulin but you don't know either of those things to be true or not right. true so you're just sort of sitting there going
1: well, right i'll go a few days where i'll let it do its thing and he'll be high and then i'll have a panic attack and i'll be like i can't do it anymore and i'll give him tons of insulin and then it didn't seem to work and so the i mean the first the first month was really really tough I mean, it was, our, it was our own fault in mm-hmm. that we weren't sufficiently educated and didn't have the right expectations and didn't know how to manage it. But once we went back to kind of basic principles of insulin and how things work, we started to get better and figure it out.
0: Right. Hey, listen, if it makes you feel any better, as, as soon as last night, Arden had a, a – she knows what to do. Like The meals at college are terrible. Right. So she has to basically make a secondary bolus for her meals that come out of the cafeteria. She has to. It doesn't, and it doesn't matter how big she tells it. Like if she, if she says, Hey, this is 70 carbs, this meal, and, you know, she, she needs a secondary bolus later. If, if she were to tell the same meal, it's 90 carbs, it still wouldn't matter. It's how crappy the food is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and so you have to, I mean, you have to understand how these algorithms, all of them end up working. And so for Arden, who's looping, um, last night she has this 180 blood sugar like two hours after a meal. And I'm like, Arden, you didn't make the secondary bowl. She's like, well, I'm doing my homework. I forgot. I was like, well, that's fine, but put in insulin, right? And so I I can see on Night Scout what she did and she just makes a bolus. And I, and I text her right back. I'm like, hey, that's not going to work. You know that's not going, to, like, what are you doing? Like, so she's so busy with her homework. She's just, she like throws in like a unit and a half of insulin. As soon as she does that, the algorithm's like a unit and a half. We don't need this. Turns off her basal. And that's probably what was happening to you when you were putting in extra insulin. Like you told the algorithm, these settings are going to work. And then you're like, no, no, here's a whole bunch of extra insulin. And it's thinking, no, I'm going to get this blood sugar back down based on our settings, except it never was going to. Because your settings were that far off, I guess, for the algorithm. How long did it take for it to learn? Or did you did you uh, b- bite the bullet and reset the, the controller and start over? So,
1: so we didn't do a reset. Um, we did go all in on the teaching it. If mm-hmm. he's high on bolusing, if he's heading high on bolusing, um, we made all of our carb ratios more aggressive. We started treating lows much less aggressively and really like micro dosing it because the you know we then understood that the background it's not basal the micro boluses had been shut off for a while and so the what we used to dose on the dash to treat a low was gonna spike him super high if we did it this way because there's no insulin circulating around in his system right um and we started just thinking about it differently like not to not to use the sports analogy but i've i've used this when other people who are just starting on the five have kind of reached out to me it's a it's a great teammate it's like a star shortstop it's gonna do a really really great job but you still have to you still have to be in the game and you still have to play the game and it still requires you know work and care and it can only it, it can't do there's you have to recognize what its limitations are and kind of jump in.
0: Right. I I feel great about what you just said about learning how we to treat low blood sugars when you're on an algorithm, because I'm starting to see a lot of people figuring that out online, which is, which is really good. But the idea of, you know, if you're treating a low at uh, one o'clock in the afternoon, but this algorithm has been thinking for the last 90 minutes You're going to get low at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It's been taking your basil away and insulin away in one way or in one fashion or another, probably for 90 minutes. And so, yeah, you're still drifting low because whatever happened before ended up being too heavy, but there's nothing there to resist when you put carbs in, in that scenario. And so, all of a sudden, 15 carbs or a juice box or something like that is going to turn you into, it'll turn you into 250, you know, instead of before when your basal had been running the entire time in the background and you were low, it, it's odd that that low blood sugar on um, a manual pump versus that low blood sugar on an algorithm, the number is the same, but everything that happened prior to it's different.
1: And, and the effect that anything's going to have on it is totally different.
0: Right, because there's either more or less insulin, new insulin from basal right. over the last 90 minutes. Uh, depending on which system you're in well, you guys and look figure that
1: we out we we rely on you know the the PDM for the the Omnipod 5 there's a way to kind of see how it's been micro bolusing um and we try to look at that before we make any low treatment decision mm-hmm. or any bolus you know to stop a high or to to stop a climb yeah. um because we like you have to factor in what the pump is doing and how long it's been doing it for.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I'm supposed to say that it's a controller, not a PDM anymore. Sorry. No, don't the be controller. sorry. Me. I don't actually care. <laughs> I just, I don't want to, I don't want to get a text like, you know, a week after this comes out and somebody says, hey, at 34 minutes in your conversation with Carrie about Omnipod 5, she calls it a PDM. And um, <laughs> would you mind... So I'm getting around that right now. Well, my
1: son calls it the doser. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, that's great. I know a lot of public relations people who'd be thrilled to know that. <laughs> <laughs> give me the pricker and the doser and let's get right. rolling here. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's, yeah. that's six-year-old <laughs> terminology yeah, for that's it. That's about right for me. Uh, okay. So how long did it – so is hindsight telling you that you didn't put settings in in a way that was going to give you success up front? Yes. Okay. So did you have you learned over time that what what ended up being in those Omnipod 5 Pro tip episodes is true like for some reason when that algorithm begins the settings need to be somewhere near 50/50 basal yes. basal bolus and then it adjusts off that. it, it doesn't it, it won't even keep doing that 5 minutes later. It just for some reason needs to know that going in.
1: Yeah, and look, I mean one of the things that we've struggled with and we occasionally you know talk about with some frequency is like should we do the heart reset right like now we're six months in we have all this knowledge that we didn't have at the time Mm -hmm. but it i don't know it's so risky it feels like i've spent six months teaching this thing what to do and it's pretty darn good this is why women
0: stay with men right Yeah, (laughs) Uh,
1: yeah i mean it's you know it's a big it's a big leap to take so i'm not there yet though you could you could potentially get me there if you if you thought that was the right thing. To
0: do. No, no, listen. If I, I listen, what I know is, you know, not going to be helpful to you probably. But so, um, to kind of go over that a little bit, uh, you know, it's in the Omnipod Five Pro Tip series, which I did in conjunction with Omnipod and and a healthcare professional. And they're actually I have to say so they're 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 good episodes. Like they really will help you. Um, but the the algorithm wants fifty fifty. And I have to say, if I had that conversation prior to starting Arden on Omnipod 5, when we started her, I would have probably just taken her total daily insulin and chopped it in half. I think that's what I would have ended up doing. I think I would have just said, like, I don't know, she gets this much insulin every day. I'll take half of that number and divide it by 24, and that's going to be our basal rate. Um,
1: I mean, that's what we would like if we were starting this now with all that, with the benefit of those episodes and that knowledge, that's what we would have done. But, you know, we, we didn't have it and we're not anywhere near 50, 50. Um,
0: yeah, not, not, not to say that your son needs 50, 50. It's to say it's, you really have to listen to it to hear it explained, but that's what the, for some reason, that's what the algorithm needs as it begins to learn. Right. Right. Right so and I don't I don't know I don't know why it doesn't just I don't know it doesn't it, it, listen I don't know I didn't program the thing so I don't understand how it works it just right? is what it is it but just, I, yeah. I, in
1: in retrospect given what we experienced in the first few weeks it's easy to see why that it it it, it makes clear that what you what you said in the in the episode about that is right okay. like we were not at 5050 our settings weren't 50 50 and that was a mistake.
0: Okay, and so what you got out of that were spikes at meals, spikes at meals, you,
1: you know, huge spikes with low treatments until we figured out that we were completely doing that wrong. Um, and but pretty stable night times almost from the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm not sure that without the stable night times, we would have stayed with it at that time you know i i think we would have probably stopped it and then come back to it once like there was more kind of knowledge of how to set it up and how to get started with it successfully out there um but i was jumpy and i wanted it and i wanted it now and you know there's you, a you, price to pay for that and
0: you were so, enticed by the sleeping huh
1: yeah the sleep yeah. is good yeah. i mean really can't and and We haven't been at it that long. We were only sleep deprived for, you know, from like October to May. Mm -hmm. Can't imagine people that have not slept in years how wonderful something like this would be. But like barring a technology failure, a compression low that screws things up, a sensor error, you know, a pump site absorption issue, right? Something like on the technology. Mm -hmm. We all basically sleep through the night.
0: Yeah, no, that's pretty great. It's really good. Yeah, uh, you, Arden had the same ex, um, situation with the Omnipod five. Like almost immediately, like her nights are, were really terrific. You know, actually, I've learned a lot about overnight since Arden went to college because <clears throat> because she's so far away. Excuse me, and you know, there's no way to help her and all that stuff. We did kind of dial back her her overnight numbers a little bit, like you know. I'm okay if she's overnight at 95, 100, 105, 110. Like she, because she's 13 hours away from us, and you know my best bet to save her life if uh, if something happens is a, a person who lives with her who may or may not be drunk. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> excuse me, when that becomes your reality, you're sort of like, all right, well, let me be a little more careful. Um, but after the first couple days. And getting things figured out, like, I mean, I should probably knock on something, but Arden hasn't had a low overnight, like, the entire time she's been away at school. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. Yeah, it's a big deal. So, um, so okay, so the, that that kept you in the game a little longer. You're like, All kept right, me in the game. Yeah, I'll figure out the rest if I get to sleep. Right. So what, what did you actually figure something out?
1: No, I, I, well, I changed our, changed our ratios so that he was getting, bigger boluses at meal times um, but in an effort to raise the total daily insulin and compensate for what I viewed as like a less aggressive than I'd like micro bolus. can I stop you for a second and ask a yes, question we, so
0: um, Omnipod says that when you change that settings in the pump when you put settings in right. the Omnipod 5, those settings as soon as the algorithm begins to work, those settings are only for manual operation. That she- and that
1: is completely correct.
0: Okay. So you're saying when but, you say you change ratios, you mean sorry. you kind of started counting carbs differently.
1: I started counting carbs differently so that he was getting more insulin per day mm-hmm. than he was getting with our old
0: ratios. Right. So you, 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 if I may, you said, yes. hey, uh, carb ratio is one to whatever you thought it was. Right. You see that not working. You can't just Go tell the pump, uh, hey, magic algorithm, instead of it being one to 20 carbs, I want you to make it one to 15 carbs because that doesn't change the algorithm's opinion. And so you started counting up a meal and going, I think this is definitely 40 carbs, but I'm going to tell the pump it's 50. Right.
1: I'm going to give him more. I'm I'm going to tell the pump that he needs more insulin on a daily basis so that when the pump is aiming for its 50-50, it's thinking about the total bottom line number differently.
0: But then after it figures that out, does it mess you up when you're counting carbs? Like do you always have to overestimate the carbs after
1: no, that? then you then you gotta back it off. Okay. Um so the other thing that we I, I don't want to say like figure it out, but we we started changing our pre-bolus time. Um we were we were militant about a 15-minute pre-bolus. Scott said it's a 15-minute pre-bolus. The Pro Tip episode says it's a 15-minute pre-bolus. It must always be a 15-minute pre-bolus. And what we found was that depending on how how active the algorithm had been in the background leading up to the meal, a 15-minute pre-bolus wasn't always going to lead to a successful outcome. And that, you know, whereas prior, you know, on the dash, let's say he goes, you know, I dose for a meal 15 minutes before he's 115 and flat. And I want him to be, you know, 90 heading down when he's going to eat whatever he's about to eat. So I, I pre-bolus for what I know will get him there. If you take that same strategy on the Omnipod 5, what we were finding, and, and Danny is pretty insulin sensitive. So there's a caveat there. But what we were finding is that the algorithm would see him heading down and would reduce or cut off the basal or the microboluses. And if we could have him eating when he was 100 and flat or 110 and flat, um, there would still be insulin being given to him in the background. And that was leading to much more successful outcomes post meal time. So we started changing. The pre-bolus time from 15 minutes i'm really sorry i know it's supposed to be 15 minutes that's supposed to be 15 minutes but we 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 have now sort of adjusted it based on what how much insulin we think he has circulating his system based on the auto history and it's been a lot more successful
0: and you've been making the pre-bolus longer or shorter shorter, shorter. I mean, if he's high,
1: we'll make it longer Mm -hmm. Um, or if he's heading up, we'll make it longer because we want to give the insulin a chance to work. But if he's kind of where I want him to be after the meal, um, depending on what's if he hasn't gotten insulin in a while in the background, we'll keep it around 15 minutes. Um, But if the pump has been active, we'll make it we'll make it shorter so that he doesn't go low pre or during
0: mealtime. Right. Wow. You're good at talking about this. Do you know?
1: I've listened to you a lot (laughs) and I'm just trying to do a good job.
0: No, I mean, you're good at explaining it. Um, You know, it's it's a simple idea and it gets lost on people when they make the switch from pumping to, to algorithms that there's nothing in your pump when you're using a regular pump that says, hey, you're getting low, so I'll turn off your basal insulin. And because of that, all of your experiences are predicated on a constant delivery of basil and right. and now your experiences aren't always predicated on that and right. it's a a leap for some people and i don't know if it's just because they don't think of it that way or if they have just been if they if they really didn't know what they were doing before they just learned what to expect and how to handle it do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so I don't know it's very heartwarming to hear you thinking through all this and 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 figuring it out. Um, well, well, today now six months later, what? How's it going? I mean, do you spike at meals anymore? Did you figure that all out? Does it happen sometimes? You know how to fix it? What happened?
1: I mean, look, he, he's six. Um, mm-hmm. so so there are there are days where where it's just total brilliance. Like Hall- Halloween just happened. And that's a that's a good example. He was, he was 99% in range, uh, 80 to 150 as the range set the entire day. And given what went on that day, like I, I pricked his finger when he was fine because I didn't believe that the Dexcom was working because it was, it was mm-hmm. that good. Um, So there are, there are stretches and days of like total brilliance. Um, And then You know, there are days when, for whatever reason, we're less successful. I mean, the variables are still there. It's not eliminating the variables. It's not eliminating a super absorbent pump site where he's going to be low more. It's not eliminating the level of activity. It's not eliminating growth hormones. Like one of the things that we didn't know at the beginning, but we've learned is that the algorithm can't learn time of day. The algorithm is never going to learn that your kid goes to sleep and starts climbing at 10 o'clock at night. It's mm-hmm. never going to learn that it, it can't. Um, so that's where like, you know, you need to be the team player and you need to come in and you know that that's going to happen. You have to, you have knowledge that the algorithm doesn't, that every night at 10 o'clock our kid rises because of growth hormones. Mm-hmm. And we need to bolus that. We need to bolus it early and we need to do it aggressively. Um, so, you know, in terms of in terms of outcomes, his his A one C is great. His time and range, average over ninety days is is eighty nine percent. Wow. Um, and you know, there are some bad days built into that, and then there are some real brilliant days sure. built into that. And, um, you know, I'm not I'm not sure how to make it better. I have noticed that like one of our struggles now is figuring out how to string together more of the brilliant days across multiple pump changes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's the learning nature of the algorithm. I, I don't know. And I don't think Insulet has shared sort of the period of time that the pump considers in making adjustments to its own, calculations but you you do have to recognize that that's like an evolving thing and i'd like to be able to stretch together more brilliant days in a row without a bad day in between but i'm not sure how realistic that is
0: when all this technology comes out doesn't matter what company it comes from i always try to remember how amazing it was to get a dexcom the first time and now in hindsight, I look back at it and I think, well, that thing was not as accurate as it could have been. It was difficult to put on. It they used to have a manual inserter, the Dexcom. Did you know that? You'd like wow. put the sensor bed like on and there was um like a tube that came off of it with a plunger at the end. And you would actually have to like, like, boom, like push down on the plunger to get it to go in. And, you know, like I look back on all that and I think, well, with hindsight, that looks like a train wreck. But in the moment, it was the best thing I'd ever it's seen in so my life. Good. Yeah, it was absolutely the best thing I had ever seen in my life. And so, I try to apply that idea to Omnipod Five or Loop or anything that like people. I I keep thinking like, imagine what it's going to look like a year from now, or two years from now, or five right. years from now. Like this is going to be amazing, you know. Um, and and you're not describing something that's. Like, oh, a train wreck. You're describing... No. Yeah, and that's what I want to understand. like Compared to you doing it manually, so for a moment, take out all of your effort and your time and you're not sleeping, right? Because we understand that you got saved, all that stuff. Right. Just just management, just health-wise, are you where you were before, worse off or better off?
1: Uh, Definitely better, unquestionably better. Um, You know, both on on a numbers basis and also on a my mental health in terms of the variables that i'm dealing with i mean i remember i listened to like your pro tip episode on like basal testing i'm like sitting there looking at my like newly diagnosed six-year-old and i was like no effing way right like like it just felt so hard and then the idea that you could nail it and then have to change it um and the beauty of the five is that it it kind of takes if, if you're just camping out in automated mode, which is what we do, mm-hmm. like it kind of takes that away. Like it it eliminates the variable of whatever you think the basal rate is or should be. And that's that's really freeing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I understand. Um, excellent. Well, that's great news. Like you're a you're a proponent then. If somebody came to you and said, I'm thinking of getting this, you'd say, do it
1: absolutely do it um understand how it will work right understand that it's the teammate it's not going to carry the team you have to be there you have to be engaged I think the auto history is really important and factoring that into how you manage your child is is really important um and I think that there's um, that on the low treatment side, I mean, we we made this chart for like his summer camp. He goes to like a day camp locally and they have a nurse team that manages it and they've been managing kids with diabetes for a long time. And we roll in and they've never heard of the five before. And they're like, okay, so if he goes low, we give him a juice box, right? And I was like, well, no, here's my, you know, Excel spreadsheet of different scenarios where you might treat with two carbs or six carbs or eight carbs. Um, and I think if you can if you can figure that out and what works for your kid and figure out the pre bolus time, you know, are you going to have a flat graph, at, you know, flat at 110 or 100 every single day? I don't think that's a realistic expectation, or at least I haven't figured out yet how to make that happen. Um, but look, I mean, you do know, high 80% over a long period of time with sleep, almost doesn't matter what you have to do during the day. Right. So.
0: And, you're, and your son's not eating like a a, a pescatarian diet or some specific if way. If I
1: like- told you what my son ate, it would make your skin crawl. He has Eggo waffles and Pop-Tarts and pizza and cake. And I, I mean, we, you know, there's lots of different schools of thought for us and for our family at this moment in time, it, keeping – his normal as normal as it was was really important i think for okay. his mental health and his acceptance of this Yeah. um so that's the choice we made and may make a different choice down the road he may make a different choice but um no i mean like i i, I can dose toaster strudels and not have it spike now
0: well look at you i have two things i want to say here one i'm gonna say kind of sounds joking but i'm being serious uh omnipod.com forward slash juice box. If anybody listening is thinking about getting an omnipod dash or an omnipod five, thanks very much. Uh, the second thing is, I um I'm I'm really stunned at how you were able to take my like not the omnipod 5 pro tip series, but the other pro tip series, the bigger one. And you took the information out of it and you did with it what I intended, which is you you learned about it, and then you molded it into your life, and and you extracted from it and built onto it. Um, I, I I know that people can hear them and think these must be the rules, but they're just a jumping in point. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like you have yep. to experience the rest of it then, and you have to apply it and watch it work and watch it fail and go. Okay, I I that's really I don't know. I'm just very um. I don't even know what the word is. Like you're making me feel very good about something that I did.
1: Y- y- you should. I mean, we we wouldn't be even close to where we are now um, without that. And the fact that it can be applied to it, you know, the fact that it can be applied to a new technology that didn't even exist when you were, or at least didn't exist in your world when you were making a right. lot of these episodes. It, insulin still works the same way and it works the same way whether you're on loop or on the five or anything else. And, um, you know, that
0: that's great. It really is. It's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy for you guys, first of all, but I don't know, like you say something out loud years ago, like this whole thing, like, you know, I used to say all the time, like managing insulin is about timing and amount. You have to use the right amount of insulin at the right time. And it it holds true. If you're putting it in with a syringe, if you're putting it in with a pump, if you're putting it in with an algorithm, it all still is the same. There are influences on your blood sugar, and there and and you know there are carbohydrates or body function or whatever that are trying to push your blood sugar up. There are influences on your blood sugar that are insulin that are trying to put the push them down, and you just have to kind of keep those influences in a, a state of flux where they really, neither of them can kind of beat the other one. And then that's what stability is. Right. It, you know, and if you can wrap your head around that, then you're on your way. But I don't know. I mean, those pro tip series, it's 2022 in November. I think they came out in 2019 or 2020, maybe it, So they're already two, almost three years old and, and that they applied to another technologies. I don't. Know, I'm just very happy today to hear this from you. It's it's interesting. I I feel like I'm hearing my voice filtered through another person's life and then spit back at me. If that makes sense while you're talking.
1: Well, that's that's great. I mean, I you know I I think some of in addition to the pro tips, the one thing that I would say is you know there are little nuggets in a lot of the other episodes that you know can be life changing. I mean, I I've said to other people that. Changing our Dexcom lines changed my life. Yeah. Um, and and rethinking about the way that you set your own expectations it is is also, you know, as the caregiver, you you know, our mental health matters too, matters less, but matters too. And you know, the way the human brain works. I mean, you said at the beginning, it it it's consistent. So
0: Yeah. Wow. And so do you feel like take all the diabetes stuff away? Do you feel better? now like than you did a a year ago are you in a different place i mean
1: then then at diagnosis yes i i mean we we i recognize that like we're we're early in this in this marathon that a lot of people have been plugging away at it a lot longer than us and you know we sort of have this luxury of having the you know the best technology available now and that's you know an incredible gift that i i feel like i've given my kid yeah. I, I mean, look, are there days where I want to still sit in the corner and cry? Of course. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, um, both, you know, on a macro level, because he has type one diabetes and also on the, the micro level, because maybe he's having a day where what I think is going to happen doesn't really happen. But um, I, I think I'm getting better at it. And I think y- you do... At the beginning, everyone said it gets easier. And I was like, that's BS, right? That's like when someone you love dies and they're like, oh, time will heal it. It's like, no, it doesn't heal it. I still miss the person. Right. Um, it, it, it doesn't get better. You just get better at it.
0: Yeah, it's 100% right. Now, I mean, I don't know if you're quoting me or if that's your experience, but yeah, that's it's just right. Diabetes is always hard. and yeah. But there'll be a time when you have so many tools and so much experience that it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's sort of like when you watch a, a sporting event or, you know, and you think, God, how does that person do that? Yeah, I could never do that. But, right. you know, maybe you couldn't, maybe you couldn't throw a football 70 yards in the air, right? But you could find a way to get better at throwing a football and you might get, right. you know, and then that would make the thing, the task easier. And this is what happens it, to all levels with people. Um, Right.
1: And and I'm hoping that we continue that it continues to get easier because I still feel like it's my full time job and I'd like to get to a place where maybe I don't feel that way. But I think it's like important to know that it's it it still sucks. It's always going to suck. It's always going to be a lot of work. It's never going to be like under control. But you do start. Things get easier, little things. We wouldn't let him have toaster strudels at the beginning because I couldn't figure out how to dose for them. And then eventually I figured out how to dose for them. And now he's happier because he can eat his crappy breakfast in the morning. <laughs> and little things, like those things get easier. And I'm excited to see how much easier they can get as we kind of go through
0: this. So. Yeah. Oh, the other, um, a couple of weeks ago, Arden, I, I saw something happen with her blood sugar. Like It started to go up, but then it stopped. And it got, like whatever... I, got, I wasn't with her, but something hit her hard, but her bolus hit hard back and then she leveled out and she was good. And it didn't take long. Like it wasn't a big spike or anything like that. And I asked her later in the day, I was like, Hey, what'd you eat? Um, you know, last evening at, like eight o'clock or something like that. She goes, Oh, I got hungry and the cafe was closed already. I couldn't get over there in time. And I was like, okay. And she goes, so I just had a bowl of cereal and I was like, "Oh wow, I didn't ask her what kind. I don't know what she ate, but I all I know is that my 18-year-old daughter bowl of, a bowl of cereal didn't go over 140 and didn't get low afterwards." And That's I amazing. was like, "That's amazing because I can remember I can remember standing in my kitchen going, "Hey, what do you want for breakfast?" and then thinking in my head, "Don't say cereal. Don't don't say right. cereal. <laughs> don't, don't 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 say that." You, you know, and um and then there's that of course there's an episode where I talk about where she got old enough, you know, when she was younger and, uh, she was starting to understand her appointments. You know what I mean? We're in with the endo and, and we got outside in the driveway and she said, what could I do to make my A1C slower? And I said, well, for the moment, if you could just stop eating cereal, that would be huge. <laughs> it's like, right. because I, I haven't figured out how to do that yet. And this is a long, long time ago, you know? And, um, and she's like, okay. And she just stopped that was it and then I figured it out better I figured out insulin in general and then I started applying it to higher glycemic stuff and figuring out how to do that and I mean I wouldn't say that Arden probably has five bowls of cereal a year you know but at least we know how to handle it now when it happens yeah it's Mm -hmm. very cool Carrie is there anything we haven't said that you want to anything we've skipped or missed or that I haven't asked I don't think so we did it that easily this was very good. I almost don't want to make this a longer episode because it's so succinct, and you were so clear about it. But sweet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can come back later because you seem cool. I think we would like each other.
1: I, I happen to be a Phillies fan as well, so i I think I think we could get along very well. Are you in the area? I, I'm not, but I went to college in Pennsylvania. Oh, no kidding! Um, so I was surrounded by it for for a long time, and you know. Didn't have a strong opinion of my own at the time about baseball teams, so was happy to kind of sign on with what the group was doing.
0: It would be hard to be here and not be a Phillies fan, that's for sure. Um, so why don't we just because it has to go somewhere in the episodes? Uh, I will just tell you that um, the, the the World Series is happening right now as we record this. the The Phillies are down three games to two in the World Series. They're heading back to Houston for Game Six. And uh, my son and I actually went to the World Series last night. We we went and watched the Phillies lose 3-2. Um, but it was one of those things that, you know, as soon as they got in, I said to him, I was like, if we can find a way to go, we should go, you know? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Like, uh, like you know, wasn't going to get him to argue about that. I've never been to a World Series. I think he and I went to one, one National League Championship game maybe in 2011, if I'm remembering correctly. So... The the oddity is we don't go to a lot of baseball games, like in-person, like professional baseball games, because my son is usually playing baseball when baseball is being played. So you don't get that opportunity. And anyway, it very quickly became obvious that we did not win the lottery from the Phillies for tickets, you know, which are at, at ticket price, you know, face value. And you start looking into the secondary market and the tickets are just they're ridiculous, like, you know, very cheap seats, very, very cheap seats are $800, like $1,000, and you don't even get a seat, you get to stand in a sea of drunk people and watch the game, you know, and um, I went online, and I thought, I wonder if I know anybody, like, through the podcast or something that might know somebody, so I said, does anybody, would anybody be able to get tickets for this game that, you know, if they were interested in selling, I'd want to know about them, and the one thing you don't know is that a person contacted me privately and said, um I have a friend whose father is a part owner in the Astros and I might be able to get tickets. And we tried that, that didn't work out cuz we asked so late. Um and other people would come online and say like oh you should try here, and actually one person gave me an idea of a, of an app to use that ended up being less expensive. Um But what I didn't expect is that someone came on to the Facebook group and they're like, hey, everybody, let's give Scott money to go to the World Series. And I'm like, now that gets weird, Carrie, because I I have a job. You know what I mean? Like, and (laughs) I'm not looking for people to like, I don't crowdfund me going to a baseball game with my son. And um, she she had made this. It was Susie. She had made this like overture online. And I have to admit, I ignored her. Like I, because I didn't want to. Like, because no matter what I do, she's going to do it. Like, if I go, no, 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 don't be silly, please, don't do that. She's right. going gonna to say, no, you help me or whatever, and I'm going to do this. So I just kind of ignored her. I felt bad, and then she emailed my moderator and said to Isabel, "I want to put up a post to try to raise money for Scott to go to the World Series." And now I, it's weird because I'm. You know what I mean, Carrie? Like, I like it's lovely, and that would be amazing if somebody did that for you, but I don't need that. And there's part of me that doesn't want it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. want somebody to do that. So I told Isabel, you're gonna get a note, ignore it. And and she's like, okay. I'm like, just don't respond. She goes, I feel bad. I'm like, just don't, because it's gonna turn into people giving me money to go to a baseball game, and I'm uncomfortable with that. But then Susie just kept going and going online. And finally, she put up a post and said, hey, like, let's Scotland's go to the World Series. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's the weirdest, like, make a wish thing ever. <laughs> you know? like, I don't have any reason to be making a wish. And uh, the next thing I know, there's like $1,300 in a pile. And I said to my son, I was like, well, I, I now people gave me this money. I was like, I, I, I'd feel weird now not using it for what they wanted me to use it for. So we got up yesterday morning. That's and, awesome. Yeah, found seats online. And I we had a great time. Like it was That's really, awesome. really it was amazing. It's the most intense sporting event I've ever been at.
1: I, I brought my I brought my six year old to his first baseball my type one to his first baseball game. Um I took him to a Mets game over the summer. And I thought to myself, like, Okay, this is gonna be hard. This is gonna be hard to dose. He's gonna want everything. Um and it actually you know, Did okay. it, the, it, it went really well. It was like one of those Halloween miracles, like the, the algorithm handled where, where I got it wrong. And I just kept giving him insulin when I saw I'm starting to creep up. And it, it was actually like really empowering because you spend all this time counting the car, you know, when you're first diagnosed, counting the carbs and thinking about pre-bolus time and all the rest. And this was a night where we just sort of, all right, you want the chicken fingers and the fries? You want to chase it with the the ice cream cup that comes in the helmet? Like, and it is what it is. We'll and, figure it out. You, know. yeah.
0: uh, you you probably felt the way I felt the first time in a movie theater that Arden's like, I'm going to get a slushy and cookie, yes. and cookie dough bites, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's a good idea, and, but you know, and so um, I you put um, your
1: game face on.
0: Yeah, I'll, we there were no algorithms then. Like, I remember us being in the lobby, and I was like, if you're going to do that, we're going to bowl us right now, and I and my my theory was bunch of insulin, and then we'll feed the insulin backwards. Like so that's basically what we did. Like we got her falling and then you start hitting this icy and that thing just boom, boom, but keeps trying to push you up. And I just kept using the icy as a parachute for the free fall from the insulin. And uh, that I have you know I, over over the years, I got better at it. But the first time that's what I did. I was like, I'm just gonna pour this insulin over your head. And then you start drinking the Coca-Cola Slurpee <laughs> that you just got. So anyway, um, Carrie, I, I really appreciate you doing this. I have to jump off because, believe it or not, I'm recording another episode in a half an hour. So um, I'm still... Thanks so
1: much for your time oh. and for for everything you've done for us. I really appreciate it. No,
0: it's my pleasure. You did a lot for me today, too. Like hearing you talk about stuff through the lens of the podcast was, was uplifting to me. So I, I really appreciate that.
1: Thanks, Scott. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon.
0: A huge thanks to Carrie for coming on the show and sharing her story with us. And I want to thank BetterHelp and remind you to go to betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox to save 10% off your first month of therapy. So many of us spend so much time helping others. Once in a while, you should help yourself. Betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. You spell that G V O K E G L U C A G O N dot com forward slash juicebox. Don't forget to check out the private Facebook group, it's completely free Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. And if you're looking for All those episodes about Omnipod 5, there's a list right in the private Facebook group in the feature tab with all of them right there. I think you can also find them at juiceboxpodcast.com or go into your podcast app and search Omnipod 5 Pro Tip. They'll pop right up. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.